Today, we pause and reflect with great sadness on the passing of Marvel Chairman Emeritus Stan Lee. With a heavy heart, we share our deepest condolences, and we honor and remember the creator, voice, and champion of Marvel. Stan Lee was as extraordinary as the characters he created. A superhero in his own right to Marvel fans around the world, Stan had the power to inspire, to entertain, and to connect. The scale of his imagination was only exceeded by the size of his heart, said Bob Iger, chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Stanley Martin Lieber, a.k.a. Stan Lee, loved the written word from an early age and wanted to craft stories like those in his favorite books and films, which he consumed voraciously. From a simple upbringing in the teeming landscape of Manhattan, young Stanley worked his way through a succession of jobs until the day he found himself an assistant at a comic book publishing company, Timely Comics. In between refilling artists' inkwells, erasing pencil lines from comic pages, and fetching an untold number of lunches, Stanley expressed his desire to write and create tales of his own. In the May 1941 issue of Captain America Comics number 3, he got his wish. Readers would find a prose story in that issue. Captain America foils the traitor's revenge, sporting the byline of Stan Lee. A star was born. As Stan's roles and tenure at Timely Comics grew and evolved, so did the company itself. With Stan at its helm, Timely Comics morphed first into Atlas Comics, and then into the name that would catapult into legend and forever be synonymous with Stan Lee, Marvel Comics. As Marvel's editor-in-chief, Stan the Man Lee made his voice the voice of the stories themselves, writing virtually every Marvel title and working with such luminaries as Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Don Heck, Gene Colan, and John Romita, Stan began building a universe of interlocking continuity, one where fans felt as if they could turn a street corner and run into a superhero. A rich collection of characters grew out of his non-stop plotting sessions with his artists, including the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Thor, Iron Man, the Hulk, the X-Men, and more. Today, it would be almost impossible to find a corner of the Marvel Universe that Stan didn't have a hand in. Marvel fans found a friend in Stanley. He introduced the famous Stan Soapbox to speak directly to his readers, reaching a personal level rarely seen in comics of the day. Always pushing for new ways of creating comics, Stan also inaugurated the Marvel method of plotting and art, creating some of the most iconic stories in the industry to this day. When something mattered to Stan, you felt it in his words, whether in an editorial or in the stories themselves. With passion for the medium, he helped refine and reform the Comics Code Authority and addressed hot-button issues like discrimination, drugs, and intolerance. Stan stepped up from his position as editor-in-chief in 1972 to tackle the role of publisher at Marvel Comics, and while a strong succession of writers followed in his wake, his spirit and voice remained throughout the adventures that followed. His outspoken love of comics even extended to a series of college campus talks. Given any chance to educate and illuminate on the industry, he took it. An entire generation of young readers expanded and strengthened their vocabulary and knowledge through Stan's stories. Today, we eulogize and celebrate the life of Stan the Man Lee. 
and we couldn't think of any better way to open this than reading that Marvel Remembrance post from the Marvel website themselves. Hello everyone, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Joining me today, back on the podcast live, James Odell, Alpha Spectre. And unfortunately, we're not going to be doing your normal episode. This isn't even really a uh, Fallen Legends segment, because or Fallen Heroes segment. I can't even remember the name of our own segments. This is, uh, this is one of those, he is such a legend in himself, he, he gets his own podcast. Yeah, today. I mean, that shoving him into a tiny corner of our show would not do him justice. Uh, when we're talking about a guy who, if you said thanks to him, that's like a drop in the bucket of what he deserves uh, for everything he's given us. So I think what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to start out the show by actually reading some posts uh, online. I've collected some from celebrities. I've collected some from friends of ours, uh, followers of the podcast, and sort of my comics Facebook page. Uh, And then we're going to continue on throughout the show sharing our own memories, talking about some of the news that came out of this, none of which is bad. Uh, I wouldn't dare put anything crappy in this episode <laughs> I, I, like I, I mean like I mean, the world is messed up enough as it is I want to celebrate this guy you know the, there was we've covered enough of the bad news when it has come to Stan yeah. Lee but there there's so much more good to cover when it comes to him and you know not enough time in the day to actually cover it all but we're going to do our best to cover right yeah what we've got <laughs> accessible to us at least uh but I'm going to go ahead and start out with some of these posts. Uh, first, coming from Tara Strong on Twitter. She wrote, I'm heartbroken. I don't have the words. Legend. There was never anyone like him, and there will never be anyone like him again. At the real Stanley was a trailblazer, a genius, and modest. On Spider-Man Animated, he came on to do some voices. I asked him how it felt to have uh, created such iconic characters, and he replied... I always had a great team. He was in great shape mentally and physically. I asked him his secret. He said, never retire. Do what you love and never stop. At cons, he was hilarious and kind. He liked me to sit with him, and he was always gracious to his fans. At Kevin Smith wrote on Twitter, Farewell, my friend. You're not only responsible for the boy I was, but also the man I am today. I will miss you all of my days. Read it all here, and he links to his Instagram where there is a much more uh, in-depth and heartfelt tribute to Stan the Manly. Kevin Conroy on Twitter wrote, Can you imagine how wild it is in heaven right now? Posting a picture of Adam West and Stan Lee uh, embraced in kind of like a handshake hug type thing, but it's, it's adorable. Uh, Captain underscore America underscore Nashville on Instagram wrote, the, crea- uh, the creator of characters, of worlds, and of brand new mythology. He knew what he was doing wasn't rocket science or brain surgery. He wasn't expecting to change the world, but what he couldn't have known was that for many of us, he truly did. His work literally meant the world to tons of people in many generations. And finally, Mark Hamill on Twitter wrote, His contribution to pop culture was revolutionary and can't be overstated. He was everything you'd hoped he would be and more. 
I love this man, and I will never stop missing him. They say you should never... I'm sorry. I'm, getting, I'm starting to get joked up. Uh, they say you should never meet your childhood idol. They were wrong. Hashtag rest in peace, stand the man. And I think that is a good place for us to uh, go into some of our Stanley memories. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we can say... You never got to meet him, right? No. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't think we, either of us, ever went to a con that he attended. It, we did, actually, and that is the subject matter of, of my memory. We did. Yeah, um, uh, I will show, uh, share more about our memories of enjoying his work and uh, the things we've been exposed to. Uh, what would be the word uh, vicariously through the internet Uh, but our one and only Stanley story is actually my first comic book convention mine too Uh, we went to what what, it was uh, Fandom Fandom Fest Fest in in Louisville Kentucky Kentucky. yeah Ah, I like the synergy there Um, but unfortunately uh, we missed the signing and uh, it re- really sucks now that he is gone because uh, our I believe our attitude at the time was, man, that line is going to be huge. He's going to be tired by the time we get to him. Like, you know, we'd just be one more log on the fire or whatever. Let's let's go ahead and wait. There'll be, there will be other opportunities. Well, and I think because we were looking at the line, it was wrapped around like two or three times the area that he was at. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we started hearing about like his signature prices and, and everything else people talking about in the line. And I had I had my son with me, uh, with us, uh, while we were at this con too. And so I was trying to be a little conservative on my money. But we found out the prices and the plan was to save up for that and go to for another con. a later stuff. convention. Yeah. And, you know, we never made it to another convention that he was I don't think he really came to many conventions well it was it was rare that he and Phantom Fest is a pretty big convention it was uh uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) kind of went downhill since then but yeah he he never really came to anything local well it it wasn't Uh, too long after that that he kind of stopped going to to as many conventions because it it became rarer and rarer until i i think it was either 2016 or last year that it it, it was last year he announced that he was gonna stop going to conventions completely no, uh, but later in the convention, or it was the next day or something, we were going to get in line to talk to uh, who was Norman Reedus. Yeah, and uh, he was he was in this little like curtained off area. It was like the photo op area. Yeah, it was the photo op area, and it was like curtained off and like right in the middle of uh, everything of that almost. hall or whatever. Yeah, and you could see right through it, and so. I start getting like weird, <laughs> like getting, like not knowing what to do with my hands, so they're above my head, like weird because, uh, like I'm not even fifteen twenty feet from Stan Lee, and he's in there talking to someone and taking a picture or whatever, but I'm sitting there freaking out, going like, should should I go in there? Like, what do I do? Do I say something? Like. How do I act right now? How like what what is being human at this moment in time? And I don't know what was going through my side. Like he had no fucking clue, <laughs> like going what was going on. 
But, uh, and I was reflecting on this, uh, the other day when I was thinking of like, what do I want to talk about in this part of the episode? And I was like, man, hindsight sucks because I mean, I, I could have, especially the kind of attitude I used to carry, uh, back then I could have at least yelled, thank you. You know, maybe he would have like yelled back, eat shit, dickhead, or something like, I don't know, he wouldn't say that, but maybe he would have yelled thank you or something, and that would have made my entire world. Or just yelled Excelsior or something. Why didn't I have any of that in my head? At the time, I, like, because I you just may walked have away been afraid of getting tackled by all the guards. That well, were I don't think I'd get tackled. Like, maybe I was, uh, maybe, maybe I was afraid to do anything out. because maybe like a convention employee or whatever would have come over and been like, "Sir, you need to control yourself," and I didn't want to look like that in front of my son or something. <laughs> I don't know, but none of that popped in because what actually happened was I walked away babbling about whatever I should do. Like, what are my options here? <laughs> Uh, and then we eventually just got into line, and I think I talked about it like six or seven times while we were in line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that that will always be my Stanley memory is just vaguely being aware that I was like a, a hop, skip, and jump away from him, and it just the energy of Stanley himself just destroying my ability to think. <laughs> Uh, so, Odell, do you have anything you wanted to talk about? Anything you thought of for uh, for this episode? You gotta uh, have something. You can't just show up with nothing. I mean, you know, there, there's been things that I've read and you know statements that he's made online, interviews, and all that. Uh, one of my favorites is actually just the story that came from Jim Shooter about Stanley. Yeah, our uh, uh, if you want to check out the whole episode, it's our uh, Tricon 2018 episode. It's our Lexington Con 2018 episode. Uh, we just shared stories of talking to various creators uh, at the convention and one of the which was Jim Shooter, legendary comic creator and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Just like hearing that story and you know the the question was asked Jim Shooter being famous for the the Spider-Man wedding issue uh before that was even a thought there the panel with Stan Lee mm-hmm. and Jim Shooter up there him being asked when are they going to get married and him just coming up well that's a great question my buddy Jim here would be have, just throws him <laughs> under the bus yeah. without hesitation yeah. puts him right on the spot Mm-hmm. And it just seemed it seemed like he was just so nonchalant about it, but he knew that his team there, like his, one yeah. of his partners, would have the answer, would be able to, you know, cover his ass essentially, yeah. you know, and and part of that. It's hilarious because he just straight up like threw him to the wolves and it's like sink or swim, dude. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, it also shows that he had such a good relationship with the people that he worked with every day that he knew that he could he could pass the buck on that one. Yeah, and they would come out ahead. Yeah, and, and we wouldn't we wouldn't even have that wedding issue if it wasn't for maybe it would have happened eventually down the road or something. Who knows? But. We wouldn't have had that specific carnation like that anniversary. Of, yeah, uh, if it wasn't for that interaction, because as Jim Shooter told us, it was that that forced his hand. Because he knew if yeah. he didn't give the right answer, that they the wouldn't crowd make would, it out alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
inadvertently we have Stanley to think for that uh, for that issue yeah, coming about I mean, when it he, did. It could have been one of those things where he easily could have said, you know, no, it's not going to happen, or right. you know, it's in the works, or it may. You know, he could have given a very nonchalant answer himself. Yeah. But just the synergy that it seemed the the two of them had mm-hmm. made history, essentially. And I think uh, another good thing to bring up is, as far as our exposure to Stanley and our memories with him and stuff, is that uh, especially being, uh, I guess, elder millennials is what you could <laughs> call us. But growing up in the '90s and stuff, uh, we were exposed to Stanley through various different means. Uh, as mm-hmm. we were, as I read off in Tara Strong's tweet, he did make a few appearances on uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and uh, even before hearing his voice on there, I remember it always saying uh, "real big" during the credits, based on characters created by Stan Lee. Yeah, and it would, uh, of course, it would say "Stan Lee, real big," but uh, yeah. Uh, what there was that episode where he gets saved by Spider Man. Was it the that was it the same episode where the Iron Spider came in? Not um, Spider Armor, the I black think it and might, white I think it might have been. Yeah, I think I I I remember him being in that episode. It's been a long time since I watched the show, but that was the first time I was like, oh shit! Like, okay, who's this guy? People are making a big deal about. Because uh, before then, I had no no clue. So right. he w- he first came to me as a voice uh, connected to the great Spider Man. Because you know? of course I was reading Spider Man. Right. Uh, and, and as I've told the story uh, on here, my comic origins date back to me being poor and going and taking like whatever couch uh, change I could find to buy candy to. Uh, legitimize my walking around KB toys with a comic book in my hand. So, uh, of, of course for me, it started with Superman, but the second character I picked up was Spider-Man. I'm trying to think of who, who my first Stan Lee character was. And I'm pretty sure it was Spider-Man and it was some older Spider-Man from like the seventies that I found in that tub of my dad's yeah the one that we still can't find that has (laughs) like there there's old spider i'm real upset about that because i wanted my i wanted to get my hands on those when i had the comic shop because we were offering them and i wanted them Uh, yeah well i mean uh and adjacently anyways uh you've experienced uh amazing fantasy number 15 because I, i reviewed that on this podcast uh that was the first stan lee story that i read uh and uh, i believe i i capped that review with it holds up just as well today yeah as it did then uh and everything in that issue is everything people know and love about spider-man to this day mm-hmm. like i mean just that one character that he created and you can apply this to to all the others as well but all of those elements are still there those characters will always carry what he in, in, instilled in them from I mean, the beginning. Even even transferring it over like through the decades and into different forms of media like the te- yeah. the the animated show, even the games and everything else, you know, he he created this person. You know, this he, indomitable he, character. You, right. you can't and, 
it can manipulate, be you know. embodied by so many different people as we've seen over the years. And now we've got the Spider Verse, and so there are so many different versions. But that that the lightning rod, yeah. Peter Parker, is Peter Parker. Like, yeah. and there there's never any mistake about who it is. Superman goes through his changes. New Fifty Two was a yep. big uh, standard, and that Batman has changed so many times over the years. But Spider-Man has always been Spider-Man. Thor has always been Thor. Uh, except for when he became a huge drunk. <laughs> uh, the Fantastic Four have always been the Fantastic Four some, uh, throughout certain years to their detriment. But the, these have always been standards, and they started with him. Uh, so I think it's time to maybe go ahead and read off five more posts, and we'll, we'll go into our first stanley related news story of the day uh next up would be mark ruffalo on twitter saying sad sad day rest in power uncle stan you have made the world a better place through the power of modern mythology and your love of this messy business of being human uh pratt 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 otherwise known as chris pratt (laughs) on instagram uh said thanks for everything stanley what a life so well lived I consider myself extraordinarily lucky to have gotten to meet you and to have played in the world you created. This one is a long one, but I felt like it was so important. Jim Lee shared on Instagram, Stan Lee gave so much to so many, but to me, a shy, awkward kid growing up as an immigrant in a strange new world, Stan Lee gave me the greatest gift of all. He gave me a place to escape into. An endless, imaginative playground filled with the most amazing, fantastic, and uncanny heroes ever. And through these characters, Stan Lee gave me my childhood and showed me a value of being different. To embrace heroism and shun prejudice. That it was cool to want to be the good guy, and that there was a price for not standing up for the downtrodden, the oppressed, the little guy. And in Lee's life lessons, whether learned on the streets of Brooklyn or in the antimatter depths of the negative zone, he taught me the truest measure of a person was not defined by their powers, but by the strength of their virtues and their commitment to truth, justice, and tolerance. Even till recently, Stan was still out on the Comic-Con circuit, tirelessly showing all of us how it's done. Most importantly, he reminded us that the most epic stories can be told with the simplest of tools and that our dreams and ideas are the keys to creating a better future. Face Front, True Believers, was one of Stan Lee's classic proclamations. In today's times, we could all heed the optimism and faith his words inspire. Uh, Topher Grace posted a picture of uh, Tobey Maguire and Stan Lee from Spider-Man 3 and the quote from that moment that said, you know, I guess one person can make a difference, which is probably one of my favorite quotes from all those movies, uh, even though it's a less... <laughs> Topher Grace posted that? Yeah, or Topher Toby Grace. Maguire. No, Topher Grace posted it. Really? Yeah. Uh, and finally, Tom Holland wrote on Instagram, how many millions of us are indebted to this guy? None more so than me. The father of Marvel has made so many people so incredibly happy. What a life and what a thing to have achieved. Rest in peace, Stan. <clears throat> I'm I'm trying really hard not to cry in this episode. <laughs> um, and that's going to go ahead and lead us into our first 
uh, story of the day, uh, which is, and you may have seen this headline roaming around, but not actually looked at the contents of it. And uh, that headline would be, Fantastic Four director says he let Stan Lee down. Now, while that may be juicy, and you may <laughs> pass over that post, uh or that article and go like, yeah, he did. I agree with that. Now, <laughs> now I'm on to the next part of my day. Uh, you really got to check out the post. Uh, it was an inst or I'm sorry, it was a Twitter post from uh, director and co-writer of that film, Josh Trank, with a photograph. The photograph says, "Hi, Josh. Yeah, I guess I'm okay. At 92, it's hard to know. Hope a kid like you is okay too, Stan." This being a letter that uh, Josh Trank had received from him. And the caption to that post uh, says, Though you can say I let him down, Stan Lee kept in touch. Today we say goodbye to one of the greatest creative icons in history. Someone who always reminded us his humanity was not a secret identity. Rest in peace, Stan. So you see, you see from this post that most people use to shit on Josh Trank, there, there was still a mutual appreciation between them. Uh, in, him receiving letters and keeping in touch with him up to that moment, uh, even though you could say he ru- he just ruined his characters. <laughs> but that's the thing about Stan Lee, though, and his creations. You can't ruin them. You, yeah. you can put out a, a crappy Fantastic Four movie, but guess what I picked up as soon as their number one came out? Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, those characters will survive. And it also just shows the warmth and appreciation Stan Lee shows for everyone he's connected to. It, it doesn't matter who you are or, or what you know, where you come from, what you're about. Stan Lee was always one of those guys... He was your pal. He's always going to say hi to you. He's always going to shake your hand and, and accept you, whether he knows your name or not. It, he knows you know his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what I've been hearing from a lot of the stories that people have been sharing on podcasts or in uh, tributes, three of which, D, or four of which DC did. Uh, they actually uh, released a DC Remember Stanley because he does have ties to that company, and he even... has ties to DC. He has ties to Image. Yeah. He has ties to Boom. And even if he didn't, I don't think it would matter. I feel like DC and all those companies would still be on the forefront of going like, "Look, this man was a legend. He I made mean, comics what they are." I was gonna say he's he's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons. That comics are what they are today and why they're so prevalent in today's society. Without yeah. his creations, we wouldn't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe well, and it's not, as we know it. it yeah, I was going to say, it's not even just his creations. It was his vision for what they could be, a connected Marvel Universe, which is something mm-hmm. he introduced to the comics industry. Because, yes, Superman's the first superhero. Yes, Batman came shortly after, and these two will always remain like kickstarter legends but you also have to remember at that time their stories were all over the place superman mm-hmm. got so out of hand they had to kill the multiverse to get his powers in check uh nothing like that really happened with stan until recent years when marvel basically after stan sold it yeah <laughs> when, when uh yeah when he kind of stepped out of running things they're like 
Let's just fuck it up, guys. Let's fuck it up. Let's reboot it every five years, and, and that's growing less and less. Uh, yeah, but he he introduced what a connected, solid, uh, continuity-driven universe could be. Uh, as Marvel's and ed- editor in chief and stuff, and uh, of course Kevin Feige taking that and putting it into the movies mm-hmm. and stuff was just one one of the many gifts Stanley gave to the comics industry to us as fans and everything. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other three, and this surprised me. It, it didn't necessarily surprise me that they showed tribute to him on their program DC Daily mm. the that Monday, the day it had happened. Uh, but they paid tribute to him twice more this week. Uh, really? As of recording, the, recording this, this is the Saturday after his passing. Uh, but yeah, uh, in Fridays and Wednesdays, I believe, they, they paid tribute to him uh, throughout the show and stuff. So, wow. Just the love for this man, the yeah. gifts he gave us all, are not going unappreciated in this. And uh, my favorite thing... I have not seen one thing about people... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I did. Someone... uh, Army Hammer. The actor Army Hammer posted this shitty tweet about how... uh, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was about how everyone's loving tributes to Stan or pictures of them with him. Like, kind of shitting on people for including themselves in their tribute. Yeah, that look on your face is everything that Army Hammer can just shut the fuck up. I mean, okay, like, I, I have seen yeah. small amounts of negativity. Really? I haven't yeah. seen anything. Out, and I, I second-handedly got this story about Army Hammer. I didn't even see it forefront uh, myself. I can't, remember, I can't remember who I saw shared them, but I guess, like, there were people... Uh, not so much protesting people mourning his death, but just making shitty comments about, you know, how he was, oh, how do they say, like, he molested his nurses and was, like, all kind of inappropriate and that people should stop mourning him and just celebrate that he's gone. I'm like, fuck you. First of all, that was 90% allegedly, and, uh, you know, we're not even going to go into that. No. I want to take that and use it to show that, one, nothing goes to that negativity. Nothing is 100% sacred. But, two, that at least in my spectrum, I didn't even see that. The overwhelming love for Stan and his work way oh, overshadowed absolutely. anything negative I could have come this, across. What I saw was someone had shared a screenshot from something. And like, I'm sure they teared that apart. Oh my god. Post, like yeah. they they said some things that should happen to this person that are very uh painful. Yeah. <laughs> I I believe it. I believe it. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and uh, dive back into some of these screenshots, see what uh, some other people... See what else can make us tear up a little bit. Because <laughs> so far, that's what's been killing me the most, is <laughs> is these uh, these posts. Uh, Chris Hardwick posts on Instagram, I will miss this guy. When you think about the things that came out of his incredible mind, a world without Stan Lee is unfathomable. His groundbreaking approach to comics, putting the human in superhuman, has affected and will continue to affect literally billions of people. But Stan wasn't just the things he made. He was how he treated the world. 
warmly, kindly, and like an old friend even if you had just met him for the first time. Stan had his hilarious generalissimo character, the coolly stick larger than life fellow with the chaotic good smile who would... <laughs> I'm smiling when I'm saying this. I think this is the first time I've read it all the way through. Uh, with the chaotic good smile who would make people love him even more by declaring with perfect comic timing, it's an honor to meet me. St sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> though, he'd let the character drop and you'd be face to face with a deeply sweet, soft-spoken man who just wanted to make people happy. And he always did. It really was an honor to meet you, Stan. Rest in peace, Stanley Martin Lieber, creator, maverick, World War II veteran, and all-around excellent, excellent human being. I hope someone someday figures out a way to write you back into our universe. And I'm, I'm about to fucking Damn. cry. I really am about to cry with that one. Uh, Shadrick underscore Duckett 25, listener of the show and supporter of Sword of My Comics, wrote, I am honestly speechless. I've been dreading this. It's so sad to see you gone. Rest in peace to a legend. Thank you, Stan Lee, for making my whole childhood amazing. I think that's why I subjected, or selected that one was because of that last line, making my whole childhood amazing. Uh, Sierra underscore Siren on Instagram, uh, someone we follow on uh, Instagram. I don't know if she follows the podcast, but wrote, uh, hashtag rest in peace, Stanley. Thank you will never be enough. Uh, give Spider-Man hand signal in those little star <laughs> things. Um, Robert Downey Jr. on Instagram wrote, I owe it all to you. Rest in peace, Stan. And he really does. Uh, and Simple Interesting Visions, a uh, friend of the show, uh, created by our very own Dr. T. Neil, Travis Neil Herman, wrote, There are no words to describe the great loss we are all feeling. We can only take comfort in knowing his essence will live on through his creations. It's evident that most of our aspirations and dreams would not exist without Stan the Man. We all have more to thank him for than we know. Excelsior. A lot of, lot of really like, aside from Chris Hardwick's there, uh, short but in, intensely poignant and powerful. Oh, all absolutely. of those posts, and yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna make it through the next set of those. Like, man, Hardwick really, really hammered all that home, uh, encapsulated him perfectly. Sorry, I don't have my script up. <laughs> That's going to lead us into the second story, a bit of, um, I don't want to say a breath of relief in this whole thing, but something we can all take comfort in, knowing we will get to see this man on screen several more times. Uh, I heard he has six more cameos coming up, but I feel like most importantly, knowing that he's going to be in Avengers 4 mm -hmm. is deeply important to man's the uh, fans of the marvel cinematic universe uh fans of stan lee himself uh just it, it it goes deeply into what we need from that movie and i'm i'm so glad we're, we're because we knew that uh captain marvel comes out before infinity war and he had yes. he already had that yeah one we knew about that one so we can we can be happy with that but uh, this got confirmed, though. This isn't yeah. just something we're speculating on. Uh, 
because the speculation of it all comes from an interview with BBC Radio Scotland in April where Joe Russo said, quote, we try to get him out for his cameos around the same time. So if we have a other movies shooting at the same lot that we're on, for instance, Ant-Man 2 or Avengers 4, we group his cameos together and then move him from one set to the next and kind of get him uh, through his cameos in one day. Uh, and Joe Russo did confirm that Stanley has in fact filmed what will be his final cameo in MCU in the MCU for Avengers 4. Now, the article I read said final. Like I said, I had heard that there were more. Maybe they will not even use those other ones and just use this one as uh, a send-off for him and a send-off for Avengers 4. I don't know if that says something, if that gives us a clue as to what this last cameo will be if it means it will be because usually he just has one line yeah it's, it's usually in, fairly quick he makes a fun joke you know and it's it's we all love seeing it don't get me wrong i'm not uh downplaying it at all it's a highlight for every one of these movies oh yeah and it's gonna be so weird to go into that first marvel movie like in the back of your mind expecting the cameo and then after the movie, realizing I didn't see it. And then, again, coming down with the crippling depression that he is no longer in this world. Uh, but, but yeah, maybe this means that uh, this will be the final cameo and it, it's some sort of big deal. Uh, probably not. Probably the same old fun Stanley, which I'm 100% okay with. Uh, that's what I'm yeah. hoping for. But there have been some things flying around where, and it's not anything that's been officially released. It's just people want this to happen. It's a fan, fan thing. Dressing yeah. it still in his Deadpool costume, but with aviators, fake mustache, hair, and all that. And not even so much make the cameos like Stan Lee would. But just be dressed as Stan Lee somewhere in the background, still in Deadpool costume. I, I both hate and see potential in that in that fan uh, request. I believe yeah. that that's what we call it. That's, that's what it is. Because um, it's not like something that's being worked on behind the scenes. They're trying to hash out the details of. No, nah, it's nothing right now. But. I hate. I I would I would lose my shit if it and not in a good way if it happened in a MCU movie. Right. Like, fuck that. But Deadpool three, Deadpool does his own Stanley cameo for his movie. That would be perfectly in line with the humor. Yeah. I feel like it's something Stan would would love himself, mm-hmm. uh, and that that would be perfectly appropriate. I would like it there. But I I want that far away from the MCU. I could I could even see it transferring over maybe into the X Men movies since that's still in the same properties, right? right. Uh, you know, it, and it just being something simple. It doesn't have to be like the full on he's like a worker at this place or the delivery guys or this and that. Just. Deadpool maybe wearing Stanley like, like the Stanley get up sitting on the bus. Maybe if it's like Wolverine, like it's in an X Men movie and Wolverine goes into a restaurant or whatever diner type thing, sits down, 
And then Deadpool turns around and he's got it. And let's say he's already done it in Deadpool 3. Yeah. He already did it once. And people are clamoring for more. Because you know that people will. Oh, yeah. Um, And Wolverine sits down. He turns around and starts to say his line. And Wolverine immediately stands up, like, rips the wig off and the mustache, knocks the glasses off or something like that, and says, enough. And there's just an awkward silence, <laughs> Deadpool leaves, and we continue. I would love it. <laughs> I could see that happening, that too. that to be a thing. Um, Marvel's sending the cops after us on this one. Like, we're trying to, I don't know what that is. We, uh, that was an ambulance. We, we killed someone with our humor here. Uh, uh, so let's go ahead and, and visit some more uh, some more posts. Uh, I chose this one uh, because Entertainment Earth didn't really need to post anything. I mean, they're a company, uh, but we have somewhat of a connection with them as uh, they were uh, a company we ordered a lot of our products off of from for Sort of My Comics when it was a comic book store. But they said, thank you for everything. And while it's simple, there's a deeper meaning there because, again, as we, we've stated before, Stan Lee is responsible for so much. Can you imagine how much Entertainment Earth makes off of Spider-Man merchandise alone? Like, well, they have a ton to thank him for. And, and that's the thing is, you know, not just us everyday people mm-hmm. have things to think. Like, there are so many businesses and companies out there that that thrive off of what he brought into this world. Right. I, like, not even talking about comic book stores, but just so many, like, entertainment like, or distributors. It's perfect that they just said thank you for everything. It's it's simple, and maybe it seems dismissive, but I, I feel like there are pages upon pages of implications there alone um marnie rydell a friend of the show i don't believe she listens but uh, she has actually appeared on before if you want to look up that interview uh she posted with with um her husband tom uh tagged in the post i'm completely heartbroken to hear of stanley's passing what a talented lovely man uh, Dynamite Comics posting on Twitter. We're incredibly saddened by the passing of Stanley, one of the true greatest of the. We're gonna pause for for this fucking train. I'm not doing like we'll keep those sirens in, but I'm not doing the trains. I'm not getting their screen time. <laughs> Fuck you, train. Uh, Dynamite Comics writing on Twitter. We're incredibly saddened by the passing of Stan Lee, one of the true greats in the history of this wonderful art form slash industry, always a champion of comics to the wider world. His stories and reputation will live on, continuing to inspire generations yet to come. Enough said. Uh, The Russo Brothers tweeting, Thank you for filling our childhoods with such joy. You will be dearly, dearly missed. Chris Evans writing on Twitter, there will never be another Stanley. For decades, he provided both young and old with adventures, escape, comfort, confidence, inspiration, strength, friendship, and joy. He exuded love and kindness and will leave an indelible mark on so, so, so many lives. Excelsior. And finally, Spider-Man on Twitter, the Spider-Man movie account, uh, posted a quote. From Amazing Fantasy 15. 
I believe it's the the very last thing in the very last panel and said, and so a legend is born and a new name is added to the roster of those who make the world of fantasy the most exciting realm of all. Rest in peace, Stan Lee, 1922 to 1928. And I just got chills on that because while obviously Stan was bolstering his new creation and trying to get everyone excited about the future of the legendary Spider-Man, this quote now to me at least feels like it's about Stan Lee. 100%. And God, that's just so beautiful that the thing that really kicked off Stanley's legend is the perfect send-off is the perfect send-off and uh yeah that's that's just beautiful uh beautiful and poetic and uh god damn just so Stanley that right? it would come around like that you know uh next we're gonna go ahead and talk about our favorite stanley cameos like i mentioned earlier in the episode uh we didn't want to burn this bridge too early uh, we wanted to make sure you stuck around for this yeah one. and actually <laughs> had i thought about this i gotta make sure that that's the next one that i opened up but i actually took a screenshot of um uh a post someone made on on Instagram and it, it basically lists all the cameos and I figured we'd go through these one at a time and then we'd pick our favorites. Get a little refresher, of course, guys. I I, I need this now. I need this. Like this is MCU. Let's keep this to the MCU because he has appearances in like the the Fantastic Four films and uh, Deadpool and stuff like that. And those are fun, but I don't really feel like any of them stand out above the MCU appearances. I mean. I, I do kind of like his his role, and it, it it was a role. It wasn't so much a cameo in the Fantastic Four film. Yeah, where he was he was what the the door this guy. This is true. Yeah, he was the door guy. He shows up a couple times. Uh, so he he actually was a member of that film. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a Stanley cameo, him being someone for a minute, and then. You know, we never yeah. see him again. He was recurring in that. He was a part of that world. You know, and yeah. I think that's the only film, uh, I think he was in the second one, as the same role. I believe, I barely remember the second yeah. one. I think I've seen it once. But. Uh, but that's the only time that he's had, like, a lengthy role in a, in a Marvel film. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and go through these. Uh, first, we have Iron Man from 2008. He played Hugh Hefner's double. Yes. Uh, then The Incredible Hulk, also 2008. A lover of soda with Hulk's blood in it. Mm-hmm. Remember, that gets uh, shipped out all across America. Uh, then uh, appearing again in Iron Man 2, 2010, as a Larry King double. Uh, oh, that's That was the wrong way. Uh, returning in Thor 2011 as the man who tries to move Thor's hammer using his truck. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger that same year, an elderly general. Uh, I can't really remember the moment. He reprises that role as well. No, 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 no. Maybe he does. He, he reprises it in, uh, I think, the Avengers film or something. Well, no, not Avengers, because we're about to get to that one. But uh, we'll, we'll revisit that later. Uh, Avengers 2012, a man being interviewed on television who didn't believe in superheroes. 
Uh, remember that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Iron Man. Nope. Again, I went the wrong way. <laughs> uh, Iron Man three, two thousand thirteen. He is a beauty pageant judge. Yeah. Uh, Thor: The Dark World, twenty thirteen. A mental patient. I don't remember that. I don't. Remember. It's Thor. The it's I, the problem of Thor: I The Dark vaguely World. Vaguely remember the movie. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, twenty fourteen. A Smithsonian security guard. Yep, Do you remember, I, I remember that one. Cap steal. I think he steals his suit or something. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, twenty fourteen. A Zandarian ladies man. Yeah. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, a World War Two veteran. So I don't know if he's the same guy, because I think uh, if you look at this photo from uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, I'm pretty sure that happened. No, that does happen in the 40s, because that whole movie takes place in the 40s. Yeah. So there's so... no way he... <laughs> there's no way he lived another, uh, what, 50, 60 years there? I mean, it, it's Stanley. He's the mortal. Uh, I, in Ant-Man 2015, he played a bartender. Yeah. Uh, Captain America Civil War 2016, a FedEx driver, probably his most quoted uh, yep. role in the MCU. Doctor Strange 2016, a bus passenger uh, during that yeah. a downtown fight. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 2017, a watcher informant talking to the watchers. Mm. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming 2017, a man who chastised Spider-Man for making noise. Uh, mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok 2017, the one I think he had the most fun with, at least. It, you can definitely see it on screen, because he's, like, he's unhinged. Uh, a barber, the barber who cuts Thor's hair. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther 2018, a casino player. Uh... Yeah, remember they have the big casino. That's right, that's right. Oh my god. Planes, trains, and automobiles today, everybody. Wow. We had a big old train in the middle of recording, and now this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Avengers Infinity War 2018, a school bus driver. Uh, He's Peter Parker's school bus driver. Uh, somewhere near the top of the film as that ship comes down. And he's like, what, have you never seen an alien spaceship before? Uh, and then this is cute that uh, they they included this. And this was from DBZ underscore exclusives on Instagram, by the way. Uh, real life, 1922 to infinity and also a legend. So basically, he cameoed in our world as a legend. Uh, I love the implications like there. But okay, so now that we've gone through all the MCU uh, cameos, what would you say is your favorite one? Honestly, I, I think one of my favorite ones is MCU. Really, you're gonna you're gonna break them all. You're you're gonna break the rules we laid down. Yeah, actually, uh, because okay. I I have two that I have enjoyed so much and and they've they've both really stuck with me Mm -hmm. uh and one of them was from deadpool where he's the announcer in the strip club he was the dj yeah uh just that one he just looks so happy (laughs) to do that cameo but the other one is actually from the spider-man game that just came out not too long ago yeah, I wanted to bring that up at the end, 
but I I should have warned you. I'm sorry, but I I should have known it would have come up. But you are right. Yeah. Um, I, the, and it was. You know what? This is the Stanley tribute episode. Uh, to hell with spoilers. If you haven't played that game yet, I mean, you're really missing. It's out. early. It's early on in the game. You know, and it's it's inconsequential to the game itself. And it's one of the most beautiful and true Stanley cameos. Too. It is essentially the scene here is Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson are having lunch. They've been estranged for a while. Uh, this is their first time meeting face to face in a, a couple uh, months or something. Was it months or was it a few years? I think it was months. I don't think no, it was so. no. I think it was like six months or so. Mm-hmm. They haven't like yeah. they've been split up. And it goes well, and it's a pretty cute scene and stuff. And they get up to uh, to leave, and uh, Stan Lee, it, you hear Stan Lee's voice say, Goodbye, you two, and then it cuts to his face, and he says, You are always my favorite customers. Uh, and that's just wonderful, because really, right. yeah, I mean, Spider-Man... customers or couple? I don't know if he said customers or... Co- it would have made sense for him to say customers. Because it seems like he's the the proprietor of the, see, the pizza place or whatever. I could have sworn he said, it's glad to see you two back together again or something like that. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's what I remember him saying. And now The, the quote I remember the most from it is, you were always my favorite. Uh, favorites or something of that nature, but it's it's pretty damn great, and I feel like that's the point here is that that's what he says is you were always my favorites. Obviously talking about Spider Man, but I guess we'll we'll Google it here. Odell on the uh, on the on the interwebs on the interwebs looking up this Let's piece see. of uh, news or quote or whatever. Wow, I, they've buried this one. It's apparently. love seeing you two together again. You were, you always were my favorites. Okay, and and that in itself, this is Stan Lee talking to his two of, two of his creations, like yeah. you know, two of the biggest parts of his world, and. Yeah, it was just nice to see him yeah. be able to interact with them, even though it was in a game. Like that was such a touching moment. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's right up there with that Spider-Man Queen. Uh... <laughs> I gotta learn to separate words. <laughs> Because I started to say Spider-Man 3, quote, and I just kind of smashed them together. <laughs> that Spider-Man queef. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man 3, quote, uh, that we were talking about earlier, where that Stan Lee is standing right next to Peter Parker, and he looks at him and says, you know, what? It, one man can make a difference. Wow, that's just beautiful. Like, if there's one more thing to love about Spider-Man 3, that is at least that moment. Yeah. Nobody could deny that. Me, I'm going to go ahead and play by the rules. <laughs> okay. Because um, I got ones outside of it, too. Mall rats. I could obviously talk about that one. To that's like... not Marvel. Like, that's not comic book. Well, that's a cameo. I stuck comic books. <laughs> it's a Fucker. cameo. 
anyways, there's so many great ones here. I remember the first time I saw the Hugh Hefner's double, I laughed my ass off. I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's wonderful, that's perfect. Uh, when, it, when he breaks his truck and he leans out and goes, did I get it? It's great, too. Uh, man, the Smithsonian uh, security guard is funny. I think my favorite one, because it got the most reaction out of us. I remember when we were if we were in the theater, we saw this, and we just lost it when we saw it. The Watcher Informant. Yeah. Because up to that point, there was so much fan speculation. Is he a Watcher? Why is he... Like, if this is a connected, continuity-driven universe, why does he keep showing up as different people in different places and stuff? Is he a Watcher? And we never really got a definite yet. I think... I think now Kevin Feige did say something about him definitely being a watcher. I, I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. But uh, but at least this gave us some idea that he is connected to the watchers. And I feel right. like that added so much more flavor to these movies and his cameos and stuff. That, that even if it wasn't my favorite, I would say it was hand down the best. It's but an important one. It's an important one. I, w- I would think it's the most... Uh, uh, it's the most flavorful, like I said. Uh, I also, I, I absolutely love the Barber one. Because yeah. he is, that is such a different cameo. Because it's not just him going like, here's a funny line, true believers. Uh, it is, it, he really seems like this evil barber. and He's unhinged, like I said, I love it. There, There's a couple that kind of got left out there. Uh, hmm. That, thinking back on a, one of, another one of my favorites, it's not... Unfortunately, MCU because the amazing. Yeah, Spider-Man I was gonna movies. say nothing. Nothing MCU got left out. There. Uh, I think Ant from... Man two got left out. Maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, the Amazing Spider Man, where he okay. he's the librarian. He has oh, the headphones my God. on. Everything's going on behind him. I loved that scene so much when I saw that in theaters. That was so wonderful. There, because like, Lizard and Spider-Man are fighting. Full-on fighting. Throwing like, tables. Destroying this fucking library. A table damn near hits Stan Lee before Spider-Man catches it, slings it back at yeah. the Lizard. That's amazing. They bust through the wall. They don't even come through the door. They bust through the wall. It's amazing. Uh, that is a pretty damn good one. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Well, like, I, I got to thinking about that and it's like, that was... To me, one of the one of the best and most entertaining. I also, and it's simple, and he doesn't get a line or anything. But I love the the cameo in Spider Man, the the first Sam Raimi film, mm-hmm. where he saves the boy from the falling debris. Like he yeah. gets, or no, it's not. Uh, Spider Man saves the boy. He moves a woman out of the way or something. But he saves someone's life, and. Like, I love that because it's like, this time Stan got to be a hero. Like, in his small way, his everyone can be a hero way, which is something he he preached yeah. to his fans uh, well, and everything. I love that he got to, like, visually show that example. And then another one that I just remember from Daredevil. Where, <laughs> where, where Daredevil, he's about to walk out into yeah. the street and he's just... That's a great so, one. Uh, it kind of bums me out that that list was only MCU because we yeah. have quite a few. I thought about looking up an entire list, but I was like, "That's going to be a long segment." Yeah, uh, but here we, but we, yeah, we brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at five final uh, posts before we 
Uh, do a little bit of a send-off. Again, leeching off of Marvel, but why not bookend <laughs> it that way? <laughs> Let me get back to that, uh, that uh, folder that I put together for Stan. Uh, let's see here. Okay, it, I believe it was... Yes, okay, I only have four more. I'm sorry. I don't know how I did that. I must have read one extra earlier. But, um, Probably. Yeah, because it, it did say 25 in this. But uh, Joss Whedon uh, posts on Twitter, Stan Lee created a universe where if a character was beloved enough, they could never die. Now that's thinking ahead. Thank you for so much of my life. You'll never not be in it. Anthony Mackie, who, if you're not familiar with that name, plays Falcon in the MCU movies, uh, posts on Twitter, You were a man before your time. Now it feels like you're gone before your time. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I just started to tear up on that one. Uh, rest in peace, Stan the Man. Thanks for the laughs and words of support. It's an honor to live in your universe. Hashtag Marvel Knight. Jeff Johns posting on Twitter, Quote, and now, until we meet again, may the blessings of Asgard uh, be showered upon you. Stan Lee, Balder the Brave. Uh, thank you for sharing your genius and your heart with the world, Stan. Uh, DC Comics posting on Twitter. He changed the way we look at heroes. And modern comics will always bear his indelible mark. His infectious enthusiasm reminded us why we all have loved... Uh, I'm sorry, We, why we all fell in love with these stories in the first place. Excelsior, Stan. And that that was the last one I had, and that was a perfect way to end it. Uh, I knew I would full-on cry at some point during this episode, and goddammit, if I didn't, right at the fucking tail end. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not afraid to say, when I got the news, I sat down and I cried at work. I was in the middle of work. Um... <laughs> you were in a much more precarious position. Uh, do you even want to share that? Do you want to? Uh, I was on a shit break at work <laughs> on my phone. Leave and... it to us to, to also make it classless at the very end of this thing. And I was um, just scrolling through and I saw a post. Uh, and I can't even remember. It was in one of the groups I'm in. And someone was like is the news about Stanley true? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. So I started like going through different things and looking stuff up and I'm like, son of a bitch. And then I, like I started getting blown up. Like my phone started going off, people messaging me and like I messaged in the, the group yeah. chat that we Right have. before I went on break too. So just moments later I saw that and, uh, <clears throat> So that was just my whole break. Yeah. Was just absorbing that. I had 15 minutes to take that shit in. That that was me. Like, I, I went into the warehouse and I just sat down. And I just had this far away look on my face. And uh, one of the guys on break was like, you alright? I'm like, Stan Lee just died. Yeah, and I bet his reaction was like, oh shit, that sucks. That's something I got at work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it. at least they they knew who he was. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he's he's like a Hulk Hogan or a fucking Superman like that. Everyone, Everyone knows, knows Stan who Stan Lee. Lee is. Even if you, you never 
taken in his work. You know him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he was that power, and that's that's why w- what I've been posting is not rest in peace, but rest in power. I, I actually kind of stole that from someone on Instagram, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, I I felt like it said the perfect goodbye was rest in power because that is what he will be doing. Yeah. Like he'll never not be felt. Um, I I've been listening to the uh, Fat Man on Batman tribute episode and stan lee was like look i'm gonna be forgotten but like fucking 100 years down the road nobody's gonna know who the hell kevin smith is but 200 300 400 years down the road there's gonna be kevin's or uh stan lee lore you know oh yeah he's a legend he's never gonna be forgotten and uh yeah um so in the spirit of not forgetting Stanley, I figured we would play one more remembrance from Marvel. Just watch this together. I don't know if you've watched this video. I know I, I sent it not. in the chat. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and watch the Marvel remembers the legacy of Stanley video, which you can watch on uh, YouTube. It's still trending. It is in the top fifty trending. I believe when I first saved this, it was in the the top ten. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it got to the top five at one point. But uh, we're going to go ahead and watch this. Um, and that'll be our goodbye. So from all of us here at sort of my podcast, Subject to Change Entertainment, uh, on behalf of Boba Fett and Dr. T. Neil, uh, thank you very much for listening to this. We're not going to do the normal check us out on all this shit uh you want that listen to a regular episode listen to the next episode or all or literally all the other ones this is this is about stan the man this isn't about us today guys so we're gonna go ahead and uh play this and say our goodbye and uh cue the outro music i'm stan lee i've been writing stories for the young generation for the past 30 years During this time, I think I've learned a lot about what young people think. More importantly, I think I've learned a lot about what young people are. We're going to try to present a voice that somebody will listen to. The voice is needed. We hope it will be ours. panels and they, they asked me to come up and just say hi to him. Felt a little goofy, but I came up, I, I shook his hand. I think the microphone caught it, but I whispered in his ear. I said, hey, they just wanted me to come up here and shake your hand, but, but while I'm up here, I want to say thank you. You saved my life. Because the life that I have today, there's a direct line to that first comic book to here. Well, Stan's best creation was always Stan. As a creative figure is one thing. Stan, as a personality, was able to somehow tap into his own larger-than-life, self-effacing and self-aggrandizing at the same time personality. As I would describe it, that P.T. Barnum aspect of him, it's just something he infused the group with, and it's something that the people who followed him have been able to kind of keep that energy going. I think Stan Lee is going to be an icon, what he represents, what he was able to accomplish. He built American mythology because stories are really what stay with us. 
those characters that he created and what he infused Marvel the brand with have always shown through. Even if they have superpower, they have to be believable. What they do has to be what any normal person would do in those situations. And the idea that he championed all kinds of different voices, all kinds of points of view, and the concept of diversity and equality and conversations about you know social politics all these things he had been doing for for years and now it's at the forefront of everything that we talk about i just think he was just connected in that way and he was connected to who his true audience was and who he was really writing for he complimented that with always being hopeful with his own first person personality of being stan my earliest memories of stan were reading those soapboxes you felt like he was talking directly to you and no one else what I didn't realize was that there was a kid behind me at the candy store reading the same thing, feeling the exact same way. His ideology was very clear. It was very black and white, how to be good, how to treat people equally. And that's a really powerful impact, to lean into the light as much as you can, even if there's darkness all around you. In writing the soapboxes, I used to just talk to the readers, anything that came to my mind, just to make the books not seem like something cold and aloof and... It's something you buy and you throw away. I wanted them to feel buying a Marvel book was like visiting an old friend. Without that, we wouldn't be experiencing the success we had today. People like that, creative geniuses like that, you can't help but walk away learning lessons. They, they have a way of delivering messages that, you know, just resonate with those of us who, who, who have followed his work and followed the characters he's created. He made it feel intimate and that anybody could belong to it. We're really lucky to have him really define us because it's really given us something to move forward with. There will never be a world without Stanley. He's the heart of the Marvel Universe. <laughs>